Hey, listeners, this is Neil recording to you after the uh, recording of the episode. I just want to briefly mention, um, because I'm not sure we actually ever said it anywhere in the episode, there will be unmarked spoilers for most of uh, the WB slash CW's Supernatural in this episode. Uh, we don't really get into too very much that isn't past, like, season five, other than just kind of pointing at things, but if you really care about that, you have been warned. Also, just a very brief rant that I missed getting to do during the episode proper. It's not pronounced Sam Hain. Uh, best as I can understand, it's pronounced Sawin. So, yeah. That's all. All right, gentlemen. Think we can manage this before Craig explodes again? I've lost our two. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I'm your host, Neil Cordray, and I'm joined this week by... The one true Ben. And... Mike. And uh, today we are going to uh, talk about uh, a really great uh, show that ran uh, for five seasons from, uh, I think it was 2002 to 2007. Uh, it was a show called Supernatural. Then it ran for another ten seasons and was okay. But those first five seasons, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about it sort of in general. There will probably be general spoilers for the show. If you haven't um, watched all 65 seasons. Yeah, I haven't watched all 15 seasons of it. Ben hasn't watched all 15 seasons of it. I think, Mike, you've, you're you current on it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to fact check you right at the gate. The first episode aired September 13th, 2005. 2005. I actually looked it up when I wrote the joke. I just was trying to do it from memory. <laughs> And yes, I actually did write that joke. That is why you failed. But before that, as always, we got Signal Boost. So, what we got for peoples for the things today and the stuff? Oh, I had one and then I promptly forgot it. <laughs> I can yeah. start us off then. Um, mine's kind of a blast from the past, but not the distant past. Um, Guild Wars 2. I, I tried playing it like when it was relatively new, and for some reason it just didn't click with me and uh gave it another go and i've been having a lot of fun with it um, expansion yeah the um you can get the uh the, the game the base game itself is is free to play anyone can just make an account and start playing um but to actually you know have like the things and the stuff to be um you know current with the new stuff there's there's been two expansions since the game uh launched uh heart of thorns and um i want to say path of fire i i think that's the name of the second one anyway uh it's only 30 bucks um and you get uh so you, you get the if you want to be because that's kind of the um the uh the business model of the game is buy to play and for those not aware um you just you buy the game and then you can uh you can play the game in perpetuity without paying any kind of subscription fee and as uh as content um launches as there's a new set of content as long as you have like logged in as long as your account is active then you just have access to it not the obvious exception being the full-on expansions which again are buy to play because uh, it's an mmo but it's also not like a traditional like wow kind of mmo um there's a lot of instancing and everything um it's it's a lot of fun uh, like the name implies um there's uh a lot of PvP. Um, it's actually really fun, really robust PvP. It's just arguably one of the best, um, if not the best, uh, PvP that's, that's out there. 
as far as um you know not not just regular traditional multiplayer like on an fps or an rts or something but you know pvp specifically within like an mmo or you know similar context obviously it's a different animal than like a moba uh i guess but um it's really good um it's it's cool because it's it's one of those like easy to learn hard to master kind of things um there's a there's a ton of different like permutations as far as like um builds and skills and stuff but you only have like uh 10 buttons on your hotbar at any one time so if you're one of those people who enjoys your mmo but like you don't enjoy having 50 million little icons like you're flying a starship on there uh this is the game for you because <laughs> it's manageable you know you don't have to necessarily worry about having all these hot bars like macros or whatever like you can can keep it relatively simple now there's you know there's some complications as far as like you know switching to another set of weapons or whatever like there's there's more and less complicated like classes and builds to play they're technically called professions in guild wars 2 but you know they're they're classes uh, so uh, that's another interesting thing about it is um it doesn't it it foregoes that that's the thing that guild wars does a lot is it bucks convention and tradition when it comes to uh to, to games and mmos specifically so you don't have the whole like holy trinity dynamic of dps uh tank and healer damage tank and healer um every class has a um every profession i should say has a, a button that you can hit which is basically the oh shit i need heals button and uh there's not really a dedicated healer per se there are some skills that can provide like healing and support and stuff but there isn't a dedicated healing class and um there's different builds that are more and less tanky and of course certain professions just aren't tanky like if you're one of the light armor classes that's like a straight up caster then you're not going to be tanky with any build but there's a lot of different like degrees and variations and stuff so it's not all cut and dry like this is the healing class and build this is the damage this is the tank you know uh so it's interesting because you can have um a lot of different groups a lot of different um like ways for people to form like a balanced group and support each other and stuff whether it's pvp or uh pve content um so that's pretty cool and it's just insanely customizable and um the die system is amazing there's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff so you should definitely check it out uh, if any of that sounds good if you're looking for a fun like really Looking for fun PvP if you couldn't really find um, like quality PvP in an MMO before, or you just want to try something new, um, you can just jump in and play and see if you like it or not. You know, free to try. Of there course. is and everything. Yep. Sorry, I I was trying to remember. I I bought Guild Wars 2 a long ass time ago. Um, like I own Guild Wars 2. I just could not remember for the life of me my password. Yeah, same here. It was like. Uh... It was like a couple years after launch, uh, if that. It was pretty early on when I tried it. Got it, it on Chrono.gg for like ten bucks at one point, back when, back before Chrono started exploding. There's a lot of different, you know, um, places to buy the game. Of course, you know, I just do it direct. But yeah, I don't know for some for some reason at the time, I just it just didn't really click with me. I didn't really enjoy it. I only played for like maybe a few hours or something i i got it on sale at the time for like 10 bucks so it didn't consider it much of a loss but um you're somebody who was playing and i tried it out and yeah i'm actually really enjoying it and it's cool to have like a um a, a game for some quick like pvp where you can just jump in there and and like do a match or two and go out you don't have to like it's not one of those things where you have to like wait in a long queue or like coordinate a bunch of stuff i mean you can get really into it i suppose if you want to get into like pre-made groups and stuff part of a you know yeah. part of a guild or whatever there's a whole world v world thing which is like a higher scale pvp 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool because you know I mean, you I'd can be do interested in or... picking it up again just to maybe play with you some. Uh, just because I remember I remember thinking, yeah, this is kind of fun, but this is one of those things that really kind of needs uh, group play. And yeah, well, that's what's uh, cool about it is um, like I mean, it has like a little login rewards thing, so you know it, uh, it it'll give you little carrots for at least logging in, and being on there more consistently. But at the same time, you don't feel or at least I don't feel like I have to be on all the time. I don't feel like I'm, you know, going to get left behind if I don't play X amount of time. Uh, and that's another thing too that's uh, cool if you do get the game is well, a couple of things. First, if you get the game, there's a level 80 um, boost that you get, so you can either apply that to your main character or have a different one um, just instantly get to to max level. Um, so you can you can go through the content quicker or whatever you want to feel like doing. But the the thing about PvP is you don't really have to be you don't have to be high level to be competitive. It just it levels like it it gives you these things like these yeah, things has, that you equip. It has level adjustment. Like a, yeah, you're on like a similar level. Like you might have a marginal improvement if you have like better gear or whatever, but like generally the gear doesn't matter so much at all. It's pretty much just what skills you decide to uh, bring to the party and how actually good you are what a concept skill actually mattering instead of you know how many hours you've put in or how many how many dollars you've spent or whatever now granted the more you play likely the more the better you are but that's only to a point you know if you suck at pvp you can play all day every day but you're still gonna get your ass kicked <laughs> so yeah that's my pitch i've been having fun with it might be worth taking a look at again all i've been doing is playing the heck out of path of exile which admittedly i'm still enjoying and uh i'm streaming over on my twitch channel Twitch.tv slash Ring It On Blue, which is not my official, uh, which is not my official um, signal boost, but I might as well self uh, self promote a bit more. Ben, you got anything? Well, I'm actually, you know, I'll, uh, Star Wars Rebels, but by the same token, Stipendium, uh, you know, group that you signal there. boosted them three episodes ago. Stipendium? Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I see. and they are pretty excellent. I will agree. Obligatory Ben is old joke. What? I get it. <laughs> But yeah, mostly I've been watching Star Wars Rebels. Mandalorian's coming out in first episode drops a week from when we're recording. We'll have the ep- we'll have a Mandalorian season two analysis as soon as it's finished um, because they'll probably release it episodically again, which is really frustrating. Um, you got to keep keep people subbed somehow yeah. that are only right. subbed for that. <laughs> the obligatory Ben is old joke reminds me of uh, the story of uh, Old Man Henderson. And man, I tell you, first thing to go is the memory. You just you get the far the older you get the worse it gets. And the second thing to go is the memory. Yep. But that like okay that was a sneeze not a, not a laugh okay. <laughs> the third thing that goes is control of your nasal capabilities. Yeah. Right. So um, um also uh signal boosting one other thing it is my own I just finished uh the rough draft last night of Reign of Angels the last of the chance the last not most recent of the chance books I should say not the last. You can keep uh, milking cats. that cash cow until until everybody's sick of it. Unlike unlike Supernatural who only went as long as there was quality uh quality to put in there, right? Yeah, for an entire 5 seasons. Um, it's a shame. I feel like they could have done so much more after putting Lucifer back in his cage. Um, uh, so my signal boost, obviously I just signal boosted myself again. Um, but, uh, no, my big signal boost is, uh, something that will probably also, well, that will almost definitely also end up doing an episode on, which is, um, November 20th, new episodes of the Animaniacs will begin airing on Hulu. It's so surreal that that's actually happening. I mean, that's great, but it's still kind of weird. 
contemplate. And I am hoping that our episode isn't bemoaning the downfall of the Animaniac. <laughs> Buzz has been good so far. We shall like, see. I, 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 I am cautiously optimistic. Yes, I saw. I've seen the uh, <clears throat> the the uh, what you call it the promo trailer. Yeah, they did a promo, and I was like, this is pretty excellent. This is pretty good. Um, I feel like some of what they're trying to do is a little bit too much. We've been gone for a long time, and now we're back. And haha, isn't isn't current culture weird? Um, I don't know whether that's going to be like the crux of the first couple episodes, or whether that was just the promo. Because I feel like some of the best thing about the about Animaniacs was it was really timeless. Like, yeah, that's why it holds up so well. If you haven't watched it, you if you haven't watched it, you should because I believe the old episodes are on Netflix, are on Hulu as well. Well, I remember the um the like the pop culture references and stuff were kind of all over the place. So it didn't necessarily have to be something recent. You had everything right. from like Prince to Mickey Rooney. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was, it, it, I mean, there, there were references, but the references also, you didn't have to get the references necessarily. They were, they were not, I wouldn't say Easter eggs, but more, they were additional content. They were the they were, frosting on the Animaniacs cake. They were a yeah. lot like the old Looney Tunes, I think. If you if you just saw the gag and didn't know anything else, funny. If you got the reference, it was even funny. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things where you've got like multiple levels going on. Like um, other good examples to that would be like Humor and Shrek or uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Still probably my all-time favorite comic strip because I remember reading that as a kid and it was, it was good on one level, but and sometimes I wouldn't really get it. And then I reread it as a slightly older kid. I'm like, oh, okay, this is really good. It's an almost adult. <laughs> so we shall see. Time will tell. Okay. So, uh, spoiler of the whenever. The end of the world as we know it for the 19th time. Wah, wah, wah. This is kind of our obligatory spooky Halloween month episode. Um, October. Um, because we don't have a... We... we, we, we uh, we didn't decide. We're waiting another uh, another at this point four years to do the next era of Godzilla. Um, is that, that at least that's what I'm telling myself. Because last time, you know, Godzilla was turning 65, so it was it was pertinent. Ah, uh-huh, yes, right. The ultimate procrastination. So we wait. We wait for another four years so that he's turning 70, and we can do the uh, the Meiji era. Uh, but uh... well, we do have. Uh... You know, the new, uh, there's going to be that Godzilla King Kong movie at some point. So that would be a, um, sorry, not, an uh, not, not, not Meiji, sorry, the Heisei era. Different era in time, a, a more elegant, uh, more civilized weapon for, uh, elegant weapon for a more civilized time. Elegant... We did Showa, but, uh, anyhow. Oh, isn't the I... Tela era next? No, uh, it's the Heisei era. Then it's the, <laughs> uh, then it's the, um, then it's the Millennium series. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you were picking up on what I was putting down there. No, I, I, I well, I, I, I did get it after the fact, but I decided to com- to continue to ignore it. <laughs> well, too late. Too late. Uh, so Supernatural. Um, Supernatural, I, I, I feel like was really kind of important for, uh, for really kind of, um, for, for really kind of, of causing a resurgence, at least to a certain extent, in, in the public consciousness. Of uh of of uh urban fantasy. Ostensibly, it was it was horror, but really it was it was it was low urban fantasy. Um, and I that that is something I, I greatly appreciated about it. It's uh it's it's essentially um Hunter. If you've played Hunter from 
World of Darkness, either versions of Hunter, um, the television series. Yeah, and definitely, definitely uh, tier one at least at the uh, at least at the beginning. <clears throat> you kind of mm-hmm. uh, you kind of ascend descend through the three tiers of uh, Hunter as it's known in Hunter the Vigil. Yeah, know what's going on and uh, who the main the brothers the Winchester brothers main characters are uh, yeah. interacting with. They're solo for a while, then they uh, they do some tier two stuff by interacting with the Roadhouse and with Bobby and yeah. one could argue in, yeah. One could argue in in later series series where they uh, where they reform the Men of Letters, they really kind of uh, g- jump all the way to tier three too. Right, or you know, they're uh, there's they're supernatural um, benefactors or partners of crime or whatever, because they've had people that have helped them, uh, although not necessarily through uh, you know altruistic motivations for their own ends, like you know various angels and demons and such that have helped them at one time or another and of course you know there is a third person who became a main uh cast member several seasons in castiel oh castiel so yeah he's like the third unofficial winchester brother he's the sixth ranger and he um yeah that's a good analogy and also he although there's you know he can't hold a candle to the record of how many times Sam and Dean Winchester die but he gets in on the dying and coming back game too. Yes. <laughs> like death is not permanent for any of our main characters. And by the way just like to the Marvel uh, universe <laughs> just to kind of um just to kind of address something super quick um there is a uh, there's a it's a great episode it's it's hilarious and, and interesting but it's kind of like a groundhog's day thing uh, where like the same more... thing is playing playing out over and over again. And Dean dies about a million yes. times. So for anyone out there who hasn't caught that episode, or wasn't aware of it, just try watching the show after that, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't even think about it. There's not even close as far as who dies more, Sam or Dean. Die, Dean dies more about a million times because of that episode. Alone. Well, I mean, hilarious. If you if you count all of those deaths as as fully canonical, they eh, technically. Because I mean, technically, he never dies either. Because well, time you get into philosophical territory at that point, though. The uh, the episode, by the way, in question, if you just want to check out that episode, because it is a fantastic it's episode, really good. is the eleventh is is season three episode eleven, mystery spot. Yep. Um, I I was I've been rewatching uh, Supernatural a bit, and it's fantastic, especially given some of the uh, outright cartoonish ways that Sam that uh, that Dean gets killed, like including. Having a piano fall. I was just about to say, yeah, he actually has a piano fall. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's so another thing fun. about the show is it's all over the place in terms of uh, depending tone. on the, the episode and yeah, the tone of the episode season you're in, who's you know who directed the episode, what's going on, because there are ep- episodes that can be somewhat self-contained, uh, and then there's others that you know tie into the to meta plot or whatever and you have everything from like uh very serious and scary up to downright comical and ridiculous and like self-referential and meta to the extreme you even and sometimes those are the best episodes really um there's even there's one where they like go through to another plane of existence which is basically our plane of existence where supernatural is in fact a show and sam and Hola, dean are the actors that play sam and dean so yeah, <laughs> that was really great. Also, saying, ben? there was also an episode where they run, where they wind up in the Scooby Doo universe, which is actually a really good episode. It lived up to the hype. It really did. I actually, you know, caught up to it. Now, there's one early episode that I that I got that I caught that um, if you're a, if you're not a friend of 
a friend, a fan of Paris Hilton, you know, it doesn't doesn't make. <laughs> but where yeah. she where <laughs> she yeah. actually basically portrays herself in a negative light, um, you know, because she is you know for that. Uh, which to me is just kind of cool because it, it's self-referential on her side, uh, and it to me it kind of shows she might not have you know might have actually developed some merits. Well, I, I uh, think she was a lot she smarter than 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 uh, than she was. Like she was savvy enough to turn to to turn what what was what appeared to be you know airheadedness into profitability. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. Well, and, and if you've never watched, mm-hmm. I mean, that episode a long time is meta as videos. fuck. Do I know? Because th- that episode that you, that Ben's referencing is meta as fuck because um it has like a like horror movie like a slasher kind of thing going on and she was in what I hear is like just a really terrible movie called House of Wax. Um, so oh, there's there's that. So House of Wax, the the, the House of Wax was pretty bad. Um. It was nowhere near as good as the original. It was actually a remake. I yeah, I was aware of that, and I just never seen the original. Most remakes are not great. They're exceptions, but usually. And horror movie remakes tend to be a little bit lower on the totem pole than than even that. I don't care much for horror movies. Like I don't dislike them. It's they're just not my they're not my cup of tea. Well, it depends on you know the type of horror for me. Like I mm-hmm. tend to not really care about slasher movies, um, but I do enjoy psychological horror and stuff like that. All Out of Space was freaking great, by the way. And there's um, last year. <laughs> what was that? Color Out of Space was amazing. Oh, was that the weird Gonzo Nicolas Cage thing you were talking about? Yeah, you know, based on P. Lovecraft. I'm gonna have to see this just to see. Just to see it, how weird it's it is. really great, and on also it was it was kind of amazing to see all the little tiny nods to the overall like uh, Cthulhu mythos and world that were in the movie that were just there as Easter eggs for the fans. Like there there was not attention drawn to them. Um, if I may, if I might digress for a second, I know I said this last year when I talked about it a little bit, but like. Um, a news van has a logo that's the that's the original version of the Elder Sign. Um, <laughs> the 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 um the main character, audience proxy stand-in character, is a graduate of Miskatonic University. Um, and wears Miskatonic University shirts. Um, it's uh, and Nicolas Cage is is a delight because um his acting style really actually lends itself very well to people going entirely un- unhinged and off the wall. It's almost if that's like his thing. I mean, yeah. he was destined to play that role. <laughs> well, another good example of that, I know we're getting a little in the Nicolas Cage weeds here, but um, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, like another role he was born to play, this guy who's like going out of his mind on, on drugs and stuff and just like losing or, his shit over time. Or going out of your mi- his mind in Vampire's Kiss. Didn't we do a Nicolas Cage episode already? Oh yeah, once we though? did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vampire's Kiss is where you get that gem, uh, that video meme where he does the uh, alphabet in, in a dramatic way. He recites the alphabet because he's describing filing things when he's going insane and berating his assistant. Oh my gosh, it's so great. You know, I'll fuck over A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> oh, he does God, the entire great. fucking alphabet, too. Do you, and if, if anyone uh, isn't aware of that and or hasn't heard the Nicolas Cage episode, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and do a search for like Nicolas Cage, Alphabetical Order, or Vampire's Kiss or something. 
and watch it. It is well worth your time. Also, check out our Nicolas Cage episode, because it was a lot of fun to produce. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so back to Supernatural. <laughs> well, the th- to be fair, Supernatural is so, like, reference-heavy, so pop-culture-y, yes. that it's, it's impossible to really go over it and not... Like you know, do the yeah, digressions here and there because well, that's yeah, they're the going to be digre- digressions out the yin yang. Um, yeah. Speaking of Eye of the Tiger, um, <laughs> is that from the? What, you mean the the blooper? Is that what you're referencing there? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. it wasn't a blooper. It was just an extra take. Oh um, yeah, not blooper. Yeah, it was just behind the scenes. But yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another thing too. They have some of the best like gag reels and yes, their gag reels are fantastic. So good. They had so much fun making that show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you can tell, you know. Yeah. Sam Farrell. I think that's Sam, but I can't remember. Uh, Jared Padalecki apparently in one scene um, just had super bad gas. It was just farting over and over and over again, and Jensen Ackles could not keep a straight face for for what was supposed to be a kind of dramatic scene. You don't know what I'm referencing, do you? I, I don't remember. I mean, there's there's like 15 yeah. years of that stuff, so. It's true. <laughs> I've only seen some of them. And to digress again, um, apparently the, the in Reservoir Dogs, the fart at the beginning was also unscripted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. I've never actually seen it. Oh, man. It's amazing. That reminds me, um, we need to do a Tarantino episode one of these days, so just mental note. Obviously, that's a, that's a well you can go back to because there's a lot of fertile ground there, but yeah, most deaf. That was his directorial debut, by the way, 1992. Yep. So, Supernatural. It's almost like we, uh, by the way, it's almost like we have a uh, episode idea sub-channel on our Discord, so if you ever have an idea, just just plug it in. I did already for you, but... Right? If only so, there was a spell check. That is not how you spell Tarantino. Yeah, bite me. <laughs> oh, supernatural like um so so the the premise of the series i guess we should probably get around to talking about that like i said it's yep. hunter the 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 show but that means uh, essentially you got these two brothers and they hunt monsters um and you know by monsters we mean like any sort of monster from any sort of uh mythology of mythology or folklore like they pull from everywhere um they fight a rakshasa they fight a wendigo in the beginning um, it was very much like monster of the week so you had a lot of like discreet like hey now this is the episode on the wendigo or whatever like you know you'd have like a yes. specific creature or like legend or you know whatever mm-hmm. until they finally like for the first really really kind of three seasons it was monster of the week um before they really kind of started establishing a myth arc demons pop up a bunch uh, because they eventually just start fighting god or at least his machinations. Oh, since we're going into the the core premise here, it's probably worth um, dropping one of the most iconic quotes of the series of the series rather, um, which is um, Dean explaining that to Sam, where he says, uh, "You know, saving people, hunting things, the family business." That's it in a nutshell. Because they don't just you know wake up and decide to be hunters one day. Their father was a hunter, and as the show progresses, it goes. There's a few twists and turns as far as like you know, how they, um, how they got started on the, the path. Uh, and sometimes as the show goes on, you'll see, there'll be like flashbacks or other things that come to light. So it'll kind of fill in some of the gaps, but you have like the basic stuff, the basic premise of, uh, how they got started. Cause that's, that's what they're trying to do initially is it's, 
the search for dad and that's the ostensible like arc although it's basically just monster of the week until like you know the end of the season more or less and and it's almost like they they go along and they go oh hey here's a good because they don't tell us why you know there was a demon in the house except that dad was under but as it turns out later on you know mom made a deal or something it, yeah. it gets complicated by the way like if we hadn't mentioned there's going to be massive unmarked spoilers for this entire series um yeah which perhaps we should have said before we started but i'll put a i'll put a i'll, I'll record a little thing before this goes live um you have been warned you have yes. been warned You've been, and, and now uh, you've been rewarned because you had been warned by the time you heard this. If you want to get caught up in a hurry, you will have had been warned. The um, basically the the entire show except for the current season is on Netflix, and then the current season is uh, is and on CWC, the CW. Right? You can you can <laughs> do use the CW app if you don't have the uh, if you don't have the the station itself. Yeah, it's funny. It goes back so far that at the very beginning it was still the WB. Mm-hmm. Back in my day. <laughs> Uh, so the reason I made the joke about uh, it was a really great show that ran for five seasons is because they really should have ended it at five at at the end of season five. They had they 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 did a, a kind of they, they, what what are other shows that have done this where they where they really they wrote themselves to a really good finale a oh, good really I, good ending I have point. A perfect perfect example. Dexter. Yeah. Dexter had the perfect ending. It should have ended at the end of season four. It was downright Shakespearean. Everything came full circle. So very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, the show kept going. Uh, so it's you know it's a whole victim yeah. of its own success kind of thing. And I don't was get me wrong. S- There's yeah. a lot from Supernatural mm-hmm. that I think is good um, mm-hmm. after season five. Now it varies. You know, yeah. it, it ebbs and flows, and people have their own personal preferences on seasons and episodes and whatnot. But yeah. as a general rule, it, it declined after that. Um, there's some seasons I like better than others, but it's very much one of those things where it's clear that it's it's going because uh, it's still being watched and it's profitable as opposed yeah. to, you know, there being a particular compelling uh, story that needs to be told. Yeah, I would have said uh, also kind of like Babylon 5, although Mike doesn't get that reference. Um <laughs> Yeah, one of these days. I'll it, it was it was that. a show that was going to actually that was originally written for five seasons, but they thought they were going to get canceled at the end of season four, so they crammed so, so they so they 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 crammed what was going to be the fifth season into like the last three episodes of the se- of season four, um, and then they got renewed for a fifth season. Are like, well, I've got this one idea that I guess we can do. I would also, as long as we're talking about like structural things, like numbers of seasons and stuff like that, I would argue another issue with the show is not so much just how many seasons, but how many episodes are supposed to be in a season, because then you get a bunch of filler episodes. I mean, a bunch. Also, it's uh, 13, uh, also, sorry, it's hour-long episodes, so like it, it's a time investment. Um, yeah. I, I argue that if they, had, if they hadn't stopped at season five, where they really reached a... a fantastic perfect ending point they should have en- ended at the end of season 13 just because you know triskaidekaphobia and 13 well that's the thing is um there are a few points like that where it could it could potentially end and still feel like a fairly natural uh place to end the show it's kind of like return of the king syndrome where it's like oh, okay the movie's ending oh no wait shit it's not all right oh, okay now it's over oh no 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 hold on there's more blame that on tolkien and <laughs> wanting to wrap things up uh wrap up all of his loose ends but i think that's one of those things where it's um it works much better in book form movie form because yeah. movie form it feels very much like a head fake whereas with the book it just feels natural that you're <laughs> going through and you know 
seeing all these things to their their end their logical conclusion yeah but yeah it's uh but yeah the, at the end it, of season going. at the end of season five they put paid to the actual biblical apocalypse um and throw lucifer morningstar aka the devil back into hell i mean it's kind of hard to top stopping the apocalypse yeah so yeah and you know, then they had to then they have to be like, well, where the heck do we go from here? And that's the we thing. We literally beat the devil. No matter what the uh, no matter what the big threat is, the big bad or whatever, like it's always. I mean, there can be some smaller scale stuff, but then whenever it's a big scale thing, it's just like, oh, potentially the end of the world, and everyone's just like, yeah, okay, we did that already. Like it loses its uh, effect. It's not you know, <laughs> it's not like it's impressive where it's like, oh. We have to defeat this threat or solve this problem, yeah, or it's, it's the, the end, end of the, the world. world as we it's know like, it. Yeah, we know we for the nineteenth time. <laughs> yeah, and that becomes a thing when as the show goes on, like you know, it does become a bit of a self-referential parody of itself because, like, considering the these characters have seen and done like everything, uh, in some t- in some cases twice. <laughs> it's just <laughs> they're, they're just kind of like shrugging their shoulders, like, yeah, all right, whatever. Can you guys stop? It's uh, it's the TV. It's it's it, it, it to a certain extent, it's it's almost the been there shaped history trope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's another thing too. Is as the show goes, as the show goes on, you know, because of the fact of just having to fill all that blank space in the page, there's all sorts of shit that goes down in terms of like time travel and alternate dimensions and all. Yeah, how many times do they end up in the past? Like more times than you can count on a, on the fingers of a single hand. It'd be, Which it'd be is, one thing is an it awful like once, but yeah, yeah like, if it happened several times, it's you know that, that's a large number of uh, of times to go back to that particular well. Right. It's like here, let's go back to the past. Here, let's go back to the past. Here, let let let's give you a what if you had done this instead of that. Um, like a, it's like a time loop of time travel. Yep. Or those like what if comic book premises or whatever, you know. Yep. Um, but it, it it's it's uh, worth it, it's worth lauding for while taking liberties to be sure, trying to get uh, some of the uh, the story and and history right, like the myth. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got to you've got to make some you've got to make make a um blah, you've got to make artistic, a, artistic yes liberties. Um, yeah, space for artistic liberty. Those there are words, um, but at the same time, you you know you you mention that you know this is you know well there there's a lot of conflicting lore, and you mention the lore, you mention you know from whence the lore begins and things along those lines. So it's uh the lore came mm-hmm. the lore, Dean. Gotta we gotta consult the lore. Gotta go to Bobby's house and read his mountain of books. Before we get off into all the other tangential stuff, other characters and stuff, we should probably just dedicate a chunk of time to just talking about Dean and Sam Winchester because they are the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, pie. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised pie. one of Dean's death isn't from, like, you know, ex- getting his arteries clogged from his diet or whatever. Well, there he was is- death by taco. Well. In in the uh, in, in the flips. In in, in the, uh, the what you call it, the... Mystery spot. In the mystery spot, apparently at one point he chokes on a taco. <laughs> he is just—he is always eating or drinking something, like almost like perpetually. It's kind of like if you've ever seen—it's like Brad Pitt. I don't know if you've noticed, but like Brad Pitt in many many movies is eating something in many many scenes. I wasn't like, aware of this particular. It, yeah, it, it's it's a it is very common. Brad Pitt eats things. 
I uh, I am pretty amused by the Tom Hanks urinates one because he urinates in a lot of his movies. In the Green Mile, it's even a major plot point. It's <laughs> yeah. his ability how, to urinate. Yeah, or lack thereof. Exactly. Or discomfort in doing so. To the, to the point of, I should point out that when I type in Brad Pitt in Google, the third thing it, it recommends to me is eats in all his movies. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. <laughs> So another, th- uh, so yeah, so Sam and Dean, the, the funny thing is, is like Sam uh, constantly changes his hair. Dean has the same hair from season one, as far as I know. Through That's a good observation. I, that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam always changes the hair. The hair is always different. But Dean, nah, man, always same effing hair. Well, it's because uh, Sam's hair is longer and curlier. As someone, uh, as someone who has long curly hair, I can tell you it's hard to maintain a single specific look other than frazzled. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I like my big. I, I like my big. I just stuck my finger in electrical socket socket hair. But like, it, it's it's a bitch to try and style. Well, you know, as somebody who is more, more, uh, I have no hair, you know, I, I wouldn't mind either of their styles. Another fun, uh, another fun little fact is if you look at, if you watch the pilot, um, Dean's voice is completely different after the pilot. Like, it's super weird. If you go back and watch the pilot, his voice isn't nearly as low and like the iconic, kind of like, sound Dean, like, yeah, he has this kind of like, um, bass, he has this lower bassy kind of sound to his voice. Yeah. It's very iconic, but like in the pilot, he just he didn't really have that affectation. So it's, it feels like night and day. So another thing too about watching the show is, considering it goes on for fifteen seasons, you're gonna you're gonna see them age like in real time <laughs> as you go through. I mean, granted, you know they have a makeup department and everything, and they're you know they they look great for their age. Oh. They're not old or anything, but mm-hmm. man, that's fifteen. Like it's it's over fifteen years of. Uh, filming and stuff it's like man, they well, look like babies at the beginning yeah. relative and and to be fair to be fair um the series progresses in time as well oh, like, sure. i believe it's actually set consecutive concurrently with with when it's filmed although i'm not sure in season 15 did they get a pandemic yeah, i mean it's current ish you know so it's not like it's jarring in that sense. I was just pointing that out. Yes, that was a Letterkenny reference. By the way, check out Letterkenny. It's hilarious. So, and the thing about that is, too, is Sam and Dean have also become tropes in and of themselves. Uh, you know, because as somebody who sells a character for a living, if I tell somebody it's like Sam going to, it's like Dean Winchester going to high school, they immediately get it. And um, I mean, you see me do that, Neil. <laughs> yeah, that was why I was actually surprised when you said you'd not seen much of the show. I'm like, you use that in your damn sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> right? I've seen enough, you know. And the other thing is, okay, I've been, you know, I've been to my fair share of cons. You can you can see a supernatural fan coming usually from a mile off if you can see any part of their chest. Why? Because they're going to have that flame Got ring, that tattoo. That dadgum tattoo. You'll see it from a mile, a freaking mile off. My friend uh, Ray Ray has that tattoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's it's part of the it's part of the uh, iconography of of fandom actually anymore is you know is uh, that particular symbol. Well, which, I, it, well it's to it, keep it, you from getting possessed by demons. Right. It it bears mentioning that you know the show had be had become not just popular but like this whole like um, subculture phenomenon within geeky circles that it's it's one of those like powerhouse. They touch brands. on that in the show. 
yeah, it's one of those, those meta things where, uh, without getting too specific into the plot details, let's just say there is a there's a writer who writes a series of supernatural books, and it becomes this running thing. And there's even like a convention episode and all this stuff, and it gets really mm-hmm. weird and hilarious. Um, right. But it's one of those things where it's it has become a, a force in and of itself, where it's like people drop names like uh, Doctor Who or Harry Potter or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. like supernatural. Like that, that's now part of the stable of like geek language of like franchise subculture type stuff. It's a and, massive fandom, right? And the the thing about it, the other thing I enjoy, you know, in the, in the episodes that I've, I mean, it was gritty. It was very it had its darkness to it, but there was also certain they, you know, they didn't just hand wave the fact that you know, oh, we've just got money to be driving around you know they actually addressed how they made a little money you know by committing credit card fraud exactly that was the primary source of income and there's also like uh basically hustling and whatnot like like pool pool and poker and whatnot yeah exactly and i mean that's that was kind of an interesting uh aspect to it that i enjoy you know was of of the seasons i did watch is that they they it was like the reason spider-man was so uh so popular in this you know in the 70s and stuff is because you know peter parker had normal guy problems had problems like you and me now granted these guys aren't going to have that kind of you know normal guy problem but they're still they have to make money things to make money yeah with within the context of supernatural it's not so much normal guy as it is mundane so like they still have to get from point a to point b and they have to like have the funds to do and dean is scared of flying which is hilarious (laughs) which is why they drive everywhere well that's another iconic thing is uh arguably character itself is um the the impala Impala. the the baby baby, as he calls it it's a black 67 impala and another um i should point out it also dies and comes back a few times (laughs) just to be keeping cast yeah yeah right it's like um but other things that were the show became sort of self-referential uh was the fact that they had care you know it also brought in characters like felicia day or actors like felicia day who is a huge you know her own whole thing is fandom became famous for you know for a podcast you know um and so you know they brought her in and make care you know we a couple but you know and and it, i love that it was self-referential that it did the them, them at the uh at the at the con about themselves hell yeah i mean you know you're destined to always uh have to kind of dial in that stuff but i think more often than not they know like how far to dip their toe in the self-referential pool so that it's satisfying but not overdone right because they yeah they do i think they do manage manage that part but you know they also it it pokes fun at fandom in its way because you know they do sci-fi cons there's one at a ren fair uh also we're oh yeah raised, that's one of my uh, favorite episodes and it has one of the best titles too it's larp and the real girl <laughs> yeah i mean it's um and they you know they they may, they kind of poke fun at themselves their own fandom that you know and, and you can tell they have a lot of fun yeah there, which is something i think that is part of a set you know definitely the, what, how it managed to not get stale for the actors over 15 years of, yeah. like yeah definitely because well, i mean like i, I c- coming from coming from a theater background um i love do it like i love getting together with my shakespeare family and doing a show but by the end of the three months of rehearsal and performance i am ready to never see a stage again for but for about another four months so having to do that day in and day out for 15 years is kind of like it, it, it's impressive i mean yes I, I get that it's it's a different sort of thing because you know you're getting paid to do it so there's some professionalism involved there that 
community theater doesn't get. Well, that and you're not doing the same. You're not doing the same thing. Every yeah, time. and you're, and and the, the fact that the script changes also helps, but it's still just well, the way like it's scheduled and shot and everything's gonna be very different than yeah. a, a stage production. Right. I also think it was really hilarious, and uh, a couple things I caught that I didn't catch the first uh, my first watch through. Um, they uh, there's an episode that's set in Hollywood, um, and they make a joke how. Man, it's cold. It's like I, I I thought it would be warmer in ho- warmer in Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles. Um, the the which is uh, just a very brief mention of the fact that they were shooting in Canada uh, because it was cheaper. Yeah, they um, shoot in Montreal. <laughs> so Canada was doubling for Los for 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 LA, which is another kind of humorous um, trope invocation because there's there, there there's a trope referred to as LA doubling, which is the Los Angeles and the area around it is uh, is is cast as everywhere. Welcome to Mars. It's the deserts outside LA. Uh, welcome to <laughs> which is something that that they uh, referenced in Austin Powers. Yeah. Funny how this looks nothing like Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 managed to crack a joke at how we're not uh, at, at how. Yes, we're we're sh- we're setting this in L.A., but we're not in L.A. Bring <laughs> it back to uh, Sam and Dean. Um, Dean is the older brother, but they're pretty close. I don't mm-hmm. remember the exact age difference between them, but it's it's pretty. Let's say like four, five years difference. I thought it was just a few years. I, I'm not sure exactly, but um, you know that's that's of course a big part of the show is their relationship and the dynamics between them as far as like. You know, one trying to according save to, the other. Save I was them. correct. It's four years, uh, according to the uh, the very well kept Supernatural wiki. Um, Dean's uh, birthday is January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy nine, and uh, Sam's birthday is May second, nineteen eighty three. There you go. So another but, uh, good mm-hmm. quote to kind of um, encapsulate um, <laughs> thing about Dean. Um, just kind of happenstance that it's also a Dean quote, but. He talks about how he's like he's like well I've got a, a GED and a give him hell attitude and uh, that's kind of a recurring gag because you know Sam's the more cerebral one that's doing the lore and Dean's more the kick in the front door with a shotgun type and and Dean is definitely the more physical of the yeah although over you know over time there's yeah you know there's some that that whole dynamic kind of shifts a bit depending on the circumstances um, there are there are storylines and arcs and stuff where. Sam will be more front and center or he actually has some sort of like supernatural edge to him um, that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can be anything from um, from psychic abilities to uh, demon blood stuff, you know, in your best Charlie Sheen voice, demon blood. (laughs) But yeah, there's a whole lot of crazy shit, obviously. But yeah, that's the basic dynamic is that, you know, Dean's the older brother. He's very protective of Sam. He tends to be more physical, more kick in the door and shoot first, ask questions later, whereas Sam is the more strategic and tactical, researching, meticulous, lore nerd type. Yep. Yeah. It's like Dean is the canon and Sam points him in the right direction and then goes along for the ride to an extent. Or yeah, Dean is uh Dean is more the shoot first, shoot second, shoots and then, you know, and then maybe ask the coroner about some questions. Right. Whereas Sam is the one who does research. Right. He's the Giles of the Yeah, although he doesn't um I would argue he doesn't have the he doesn't have the deeply buried, disturbing badassery of Giles. <laughs> right. I love Dark Giles. Like 
I live for Dark Giles. It's so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and the um, yeah, Dean is definitely the more earthly one because he's more earthy one because he is always about you know pie drinking, having fun. Well, that's the other thing too is that not only is he just more aggressive, but he also just has like less like uh, self restraint and discipline and stuff in general. Like he's he's more of the like um, like hedonistic, I guess you could say. He's always mm-hmm. you know. He's always um, eating some junk food or seducing some woman or something, whereas Sam tends to be more reserved and like, you know, not as with some notable exceptions, like I mentioned before with some of the storylines, um, not one who is to uh, not one who's going to like give in to an impulse or indulgence at the drop of a hat. Unless there's psychic powers involved. Like I said, there's there's all sorts of uh, mojo that goes on throughout the uh, throughout the run. But generally speaking, when when all things are all things being equal. He is uh, he's more disciplined than Dean is. True. Yeah, he is the more disciplined. He's the he's the the researcher, the one who knows his shit. You know. Uh, so yeah, they complement each other well. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good that's a brilliant part of that. You know, they're not. All- and you have to have that core dynamic um, mm-hmm. that can hold up regardless of you know who happens to be involved in the particular story, what supporting characters you have or whatever. Because you can strip all the other stuff away and you still have a, an interesting premise and a kind of an intimate you know. Uh, family relationship and history going on there. And of course, that's how, you know, at least it seems like at least half of all the problems result from them trying to save each other often from themselves. <laughs> that's one of the themes of the show, of course, too, is the whole them being their own, their, their own worst enemy thing and, um, you know, how they approach hunting and life and death and, and all that stuff. Um, and of course, you know, that's something it shares in common with the whole world of darkness hunter and all that as far as the whole like you know what are you willing to do for the hunt uh how much do the ends justify the means who's the real monster etc cetera, etc cetera. you got a lot of that stuff going on and that's something you see throughout the show too is where you'll have you know characters that are victims of circumstance and or morally ambiguous um so there are a lot of characters that aren't as um black and white as far as like this character is evil and this character is good well and at some, at some point i mean evil characters become their allies you have some anti-hero stuff going on sometimes, some uh, allies of convenience, some the enemy of my enemy is my friend stuff going on. Mr. Crowley. Right, and that's another, you know, and then you've got Crowley who comes along, you know. Mark with... Shepard. Yeah. I love Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard is just, um, he, he is the quintessential magnificent bastard. Yep. He really is. I mean, for our my first introduction, of course, was as Badger on Firefly. Mm-hmm. Right. He also played uh, James Sterling in uh, Leverage. In Leverage, yep. Uh, he also was on uh, Warehouse 13. Yeah, he's made his rounds with the whole, you know, um, geeky and sci-fi um, shows. And I haven't seen that far up through Warehouse 13, so I'll just take your word for it. He's one of, the, at one point, there's the, the basically council that rules them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he does play a magnificent bastard, but he also, you know, is a well is a redeemed magnificent bastard. Yeah. Since uh, at some point it touches on just about everything, that's always kind of a um, fun thing to see. Is just kind of like, okay, what's the supernatural take on thing X going to be? You know, because mm-hmm. they have their specific like lore and way of presenting things. Because you have a lot of you know things that obviously have been um, iterated so many times, like when it comes to like vampire lore, or werewolves, or demons or zombies witches or whatever and you have some some uh you know ostensibly um you know creatures that become either at least a recurring um 
like a recurring supporting part or like a full-on supporting character to the show like mentioned i mentioned castiel became part of the main cast at, at a certain point and crowley <laughs> yeah. well at a certain point although you know he's not around for the last um few seasons um but yeah he um he definitely his role was very much written up in the show. There's several characters like that where they were just originally going to be in like one episode or like a few episodes and they were so popular, made such a splash. They just kept coming back. Like Bobby. Oh yeah. Like Bobby was just supposed to be a one-off character to provide them with the knowledge of the day that they needed, but but he was just really great. So they're like, "Okay, um, you can come back." He became a full-on surrogate father for them. Yep. God knows they needed that. He got his um, own his own catchphrase where he calls him idiots. Yeah. Sounds like Yosemite Sam. By the way, his the, the name of his character is like one of the producers on the show, which I yep. funny Easter egg, Bobby Singer. I think it was one of the writers. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is one of the writers. I'm checking very quickly. Perhaps both. There are a lot of people that wear different hats, like <laughs> the stars become whatnot. Bobby is named after the series executive producer Robert Singer. Ah, I was right. Well, this is also one of those shows where the actors, I think, became became produced, right? Or yeah. got a chance to sit behind the, the camera for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing about the show, too, is, you know, um, any show that lasts that long is bound to have um, different, you know, kind of a musical chairs thing going on where you have different directors and writers, showrunners and whatnot. So, you know, people are going to have their preferences as far as kind of like how you look at, like, runs of comic books where it's like, oh, I prefer, you know, the so-and-so run of this character, you know? Mm-hmm. The, iterations on it they also got the uh i didn't i never got to this episode but i probably might have to skip to it um in season 10 they got they got what every show needs at some point if it runs long enough a musical episode oh they got a musical episode. <laughs> oh yeah that was great yeah they had a they had a full-on it was like a high school production of the supernatural book that was adapted as a play. Yeah, it's meta as fuck. It's a really good episode. It's just really well done and hilarious, too. That's one of my favorite episodes. Of course, I'm a sucker for any musical episode. What's more with it. feeling? Yep. And I that's another thing worth mentioning is there there are some parallels with this and uh, some of the Whedonverse stuff as far as like some of the, the tropes and approaches with like Buffy and Angel and shows like that. It's very it's very much its own thing and it's different. Um, but there are some similarities as far as like some of the character and group dynamics and the humor and banter and whatnot, which is no surprise because I'm sure, you know, that was an influence. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. didn't Buffy initially in, initially run on uh, the WB? Yeah, yeah, it was actually yeah. the same network yeah. as well. So there you go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, my guess is probably that uh, that at least some of the uh, some of the writing st- writing and production staff were similar as well. Like not even similar, like the same people. Yeah, for, that does occur to me that since the show started in 2005, and I, Buffy ran until 2003, so. Okay, so Angel was actually still on the air then when this show really first started. Because Angel was like, uh, did Angel that, ran. That went, there's interlap on yeah. when Angel aired. Angel ran up. until 2004. So. Okay, so it was just after that. It was, like, yeah, it like, like, um, Supernatural began. Let's see. So Angel ran, uh, ran till May of 2004. And Supernatural began. You said 2005. Yeah, but um. September 13, September of 2005. So like, it was just a little over a year. Production. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would, and you know, if I was going to write something based off based off of urban fantasy and supernatural and horror, um, horror, 
Um, and I was on the same network. I had absolutely tapped production staff from mm-hmm. the from the show that that it could be argued it's something of a spiritual successor to, although only kind of. Right. Buffy's yeah. very different. Right, but I would, you know, what the thing is, is Buffy had a lot of shit that worked, and yeah, it's thematically I, similar, though. Exactly, and that you know, and that's the thing is they knew what worked and they used it. You mm-hmm. know, that was the main difference in the shows is that um, the uh, in Supernatural it tends to be a lot more nomadic, whereas you know, there's there's a general place where these things take place, like at the high school or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or like at the like the Angel Investigations place or whatever. Yeah. They're just constantly roaming around the country, often in the Midwest. Uh, we've seen some local shout-outs, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes, we have. It's funny because it's like, oh, okay, I, I know that small town they're referencing. So, I know that thing like, they're talking about. There, there, there's a there's an episode that takes place in Jefferson City, where I'm from, and uh, I know exactly where they shot. There were some some the, the, it like either they found a place that is exactly identical to a couple places in Jeff City. Or they actually did shoot a little bit of it in Jefferson City because mm-hmm. I yeah. swear I recognize some of the some of the lo- the, the the locations. I guess it would depend on where it was cheaper to. Yeah, it's such a massive thing. Um, obviously, <clears throat> one episode couldn't do uh, the show justice, and I'm sure we could revisit it after the show is officially over at some point. This is true. I mean, it, I mean, it's a it is a pop culture phenomenon. You know, you've got all this. I mean. Um, for instance, salt, ha- you know, is now big thing in supernatural stuff. It has not always been such a thing. The whole that like the, warding the off building. spirits, like salt along the that was what precipice it was. and all that. Yeah. Exactly. Salt. And of course, the, the also the whole like devil's trap thing as well. well I mean, salt grains of salt have been uh, uh, throwing grains of salt or rice has been a thing in uh, in vampire lore. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 sound like yeah. Sam here for a little bit, like that was classically one of the things that you had that you could do to slow down a vampire. You couldn't kill him, but and, and it wasn't that they couldn't cross it. It was that if you scattered a handful of rice or salt, the vampire had to count it before they could proceed. Which is like you know early uh, early ADHD. Yeah. What if Rain Man became a vampire? That would be just like overload. <laughs> Yeah, it does. You know, there's a lot of things like that where you know you have some like old lore or superstitions or whatever that then become more widely known. There's another thing to do with uh, with like ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. I, for some reason, it's escaping me right now. But I know they they would make these like special shotgun rounds that would like dissipate rock them. salt. Rock salt. It was yeah. Rock. I knew it was salt related things. And uh, salt salt actually gets like salt actually is not something that would just be. Um, Oh, excuse me. Um, from um, like from supernatural salt as uh, as a as a preservative and as a purifying element in 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 it, like in culture and mythology has been has been something that prevalently fought against the forces of evil like in general. I, so I, I actually contest your um, your um, assertion there. Ben. Well, it's it's not it's not been you know it's like silver and and werewolves. It hasn't been a universal. Oh, this will kill anything. I don't think Ben was suggesting that it was new. Just that it became it, it became a lot more widely known because of the reference in the show. Right. Exactly. It was one of those things. It became a common thing that you know it was used a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? That's because it was classically used a lot. But okay. 
well, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people did not know that. Believe me, <laughs> having having been a non traditional, you know. Neil, I think uh, you overestimate okay. how much the average person knows about like obscure lore and legends and stuff. Okay, that just because you know something doesn't mean that everyone else in the world knows it too. That that that's that that's definitely fair. Most don't know as much about that or the you know i mean there i mean it, it's into our common phraseology someone that's worth worth his salt that used to be that used to be uh because the romans salary. were paid in salt <laughs> there's also the whole salt of the earth thing yeah exactly yeah I mean, there's a lot of like is... phrases and references but mm-hmm. a lot of people right. don't remember or know where they came from in the first yeah. one exactly. and also if you're wondering about how the heck they were talking about salt losing its saltiness in the bible that was actually because uh in uh in uh roman culture and in and in uh israel they the salt that was primarily used wasn't sea salt it was swamp salt that usually had a lot of other impurities so it could actually like be bad salt and not and 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 be ineffective as salt sorry i know other interesting digressions also for other random shit that neil knows you know why vampires aren't supposed to be able to see themselves in mirrors because they used to be made out of silver. Because they used to be backed by silver. That's correct. And silver was pure. Good. Mm-hmm. That's another common theme, silver and silver-related thing. Yep. <laughs> Got to use all <laughs> that silver. Yeah. Suddenly, and suddenly, uh, you know, I have Hank Hill in my head. Yeah. Silver and silver-related uh, silver accessories. Yep. Which is kind of funny because I have sight a um, a uh, was it a demon hunting kit. As far as long as we're talking about. Uh tools of the trade and all that um it's another thing that you see throughout the show is like mythical weapons or relics or artifacts or other um you know what's it called like like the yeah the cult for instance yeah that's a recurring thing and sometimes you know the limits of that because like for example even the cult can't kill everything it can kill it's like five things on earth that the cult can't five things in existence the cult can't kill and i think they run into all five yeah, you know, a long enough timeline, you know, they, they run across all the exceptions to the rule, of course. Uh, the right. main ones being, like, archangels can't be killed by them. That's a whole other thing, by the way, is that um, uh, demons are dicks, but angels are often bigger dicks in the show. Like, they're some of the most insufferable, self-righteous, misguided Bastards. out there <laughs> that they have this, well, like... Well, when you think you're always right i think that was kind of the point they put them in. well sure well that and they are in a literal bubble where they're just like up there in heaven not like actually of the world and like knowing what it's like to actually exist on the human level exactly um but okay now also you know thinking uh talking about recurring characters castiel uh funny thing about that he did not in he did not expect to be brought back so that voice of his was hard for him to do oh yeah so if he was like Damn it, why did i do that gotta do all this rasp right <laughs> And then, of course, Local Fry hurts eventually. It does. As someone who raspy characters, because uh, I got shit about that. And my voice, uh, my voice, you know, my character, uh, one can tell it's a ra- it's a gravel canoe, you know. But uh, but yeah, I didn't really in- anticipate, you know, coming back for it. But I think that's part of what what brought him back was the voice. It yeah, was that- really weird hearing hearing Misha Collins speak without putting the affectation in his voice. <laughs> yeah. he he he's not nearly so much of a barit- of a of a gravelly baritone um when he doesn't want to be for like like so like when he's playing his vessel in a few scenes he like he he like it's like oh that's that's really different and 
kind of interesting. Right? But and also the other thing that he did so well when he was not, you know, when he was playing Castiel was not get, you know, not get stuff right. So it's, you know, hey, ass butt. Hey, ass butt. (laughs) It's kind of like, uh, it's like the equivalent of like English or something, but like angels trying to people. Mm -hmm. It's it's very amusing. That's another thing. That's a a well they go to quite often um, with great hilarious results is uh, Castiel learning to human. And of course, as the show goes on, he gets better at it in general, but he never quite shakes it because he's, you know, just not a regular dude he's yeah. <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm reminded of um in 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 the episode where they're where, where like um zachariah throws a throws dean forward in time and cass is human he's like dean dean like two months ago i broke my ankle and it took a month to heal and i couldn't do anything <laughs> My one of my favorite lines of his where is he's like, I found a liquor store and I drank it. <laughs> well, the the other fun thing that's one thing that also I enjoyed about, uh, about some of the character stuff. There was an episode where Dean tried to have a normal life and it just didn't work out. For- it was a whole mini arc, actually. There's also the episode where they were stripped of their memories and forced to have a normal life for a little bit. Yeah, Dean they- ate salad and drank energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of. Uh... There's a lot of like you know one-off and specific. I, I guess you could call them scenario episodes, right? It's yeah, like a video game where it's like, okay, you've got the main game and like a strategy game or something. And then you have all these like challenge scenarios or like mods or mutators or whatever. Yep. Side. <laughs> yep. We are coming close to the end of of our uh, allotted time. Well, like I said, we barely scratched the surface. We could come back to this. We could come back to this here in a bit once. Uh, once. It's ended, and we can give sort of final thoughts. Uh, and you know, after Ben's watched all 15 seasons, you can get into the more of the nitty gritty once everyone's seen all the things. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, you know, talk about right. how it ended and what our thoughts are on it. Right. But at the very least, I would recommend uh, people who have not seen the show uh, at the very least watch the first few seasons. Like the first, like Neil said, the first five seasons are are all very solid. Yeah, the first five seasons are a very good, very complete arc. Um. After that, if you enjoy it, keep watching it. Like, I, I watched up to about season eight before I got distracted by things and then stopped watching it. There's also the whole point of, like, when you started watching the show. Because, like, if you if you got into it a while back, there's a part of it, for me, is just, like, even if I know, like, I mean, the show, if it was actively bad, I would stop watching. But uh, if a show, you know, is, is a little lackluster, but I've enjoyed the show overall, I just, I want to see the end. I want to see it through. So there's part of that compulsion going on where I'm like, all right, by God, yeah. I've, I've come this far. <laughs> I'm going to watch everything and see how it the, all ends. The spent cost fallacy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, com- like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to mock. I mean, there, it's just that that's kind of what you're falling victim to a little bit, which is fine. It's an inhuman thing. I've watched so much, I want to watch the, I'm going to finish it, damn it. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's entertainment, not some sort of, like, you know, like, research or debate or something. Yeah, it's like my, uh, playing, uh, what you call it, I've been playing, uh, in, in, to, 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 as my sort of final thought on that matter, in, in Path of Exile, there's a there's a currency you can spend to try and link your gems, which I know doesn't mean anything to anyone. At this point, I've been trying to get a fully linked suit, suit of armor, and I've spent like 500, five or 600 of this currency. I can get better armor than the one I'm trying to buy. Mm-hmm. 
than, I, than the one I'm trying to link up. But god damn it, I am going to link this th- that suit of armor. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then probably just immediately sell it for like a divine orb because rage. Um, it's like if you're trying to unlock something or get some achievement in a game or something where it's like you could just go on. You don't necessarily have to do it. That was why I stopped you, playing, uh, what you call it, um, I, I, I took a break from replaying uh, Spider-Man because I was like, I just have, I just have the, the spectacular play or ultimate play playthrough that I have to do, which is the the high, highest difficulty. But it's like I just played through this game to get all the other trophies and achievements. I just don't want to completely replay the game right now. Yeah, you can so, always come back to it later. Yep. Yeah, and it's cool that it, into it, you know, it becomes it has become pop. Yeah, like Star Wars. Right, out. it has become its own. Mythology. If nothing else, it's a good cultural touchstone for you to yeah. have if you're into all these geeky things like us. Exactly. And it's good, and it's, you are, you wouldn't be listening. Yeah. And it's and it's good to bone up on uh, on some of your uh, random myths and uh, and and histories, etc. Exactly, because they do they do do a fair amount of research. Just keep in mind that uh, there, there's grains of salt everywhere. Um, yeah, see what you did and, there. and not and, well. I, I <laughs> wasn't. It wasn't intended. But uh, yeah, take it with many grains of salt. Preferably in an unbroken line in front of the, in front of all of the windows and doors of your house. Yes, positioned at the threshold, just so. Just so. And over the bones, and you burn them. Yeah, that's another. That's Salting another and burning the bones common. ever fucking work. It's a very common trope. Yeah, and then there's not tropes the first within, time. There's tropes not- within tropes, right? Because it's yeah, it's like burning the bones, but oh. Something happened. It didn't work. Oh, there's some right. other thing. It's <laughs> it's very there. There are some things like that that are very formulaic. It's kind of like some of those. Yeah, like, it's like there's like lettered crime procedural shows where you know it always works out a certain way and it's tied up in a neat little bow. Yeah, you you know yeah. that if you're only in the first ten minutes of the episode, then whoever they just arrested, uh, nope, this guy didn't do it, is not actually the per the perpetrator. Misdirection. It was someone else this whole time, and here's why. I would love to watch a procedural episode where like. They catch the guy in the first 15 minutes, and then the next 45 minutes of the episode are just them doing paperwork. <laughs> uh, problem is, is no one else wants to watch that. It would be a great one-off episode. It would turn into an episode of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> what I would like a... to see is a purely satirical episode of something or, or like a... I, I feel like that's something I can get away with doing on, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. You know, like, try and build it up for, like, oh, man, we got to solve this case. Then they solve the case really quick, and then the rest of it is just boring office work. Right. Or you could always, if you wanted to have something that's not boring, you could always just like have the real crux of the episode be something else, but make it look like it's going to be this thing, and then have it solved in like five minutes. Right. You know, just have kind of a misdirect. So there's still something else going on there, but you get to you get to have the gag. You know. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I don't know what we're going to talk about in two weeks, but we'll talk about it. We'll figure it or out. It's not even two weeks. It's next week, isn't it? Because right. we're we're a week behind. Um, we'll figure it out and we'll talk about it next time. Uh, this has been Neil, the one true Ben, and Mike. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letters Alpha and Omega and the numbers nine nine nine. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm and ending theme is March in Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, rating, following, subscribing, hitting that bell for notifications, all those good things that uh, help build the algorithm.
if you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider making a donation. We really do depend on uh, we really do depend on that for any sort of upgrades to uh, our production quality. You can either make a one-time donation on our website www.workingtheoryproductions.com or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Seriously, it just should have ended with season five. <laughs>